Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. PHLY Eagles podcast on a Monday afternoon, 4 o'clock. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman here in Studio B to recap, talk about, unpack, unzip. The Eagles come from behind victory over the Buffalo Bills in overtime. A walk-off. We just spoke to Nick Sirianni for a little bit. Zach, you still got a little bit of a lingering cough, but you are on the mend. You had a nice Jalen Hurts story <laughs> pop up on all PHLY.com yesterday. You got to listen to the Beats conversation from the post-game pod with Jamie Lynch. How you doing? Doing well. Excited for the show. New week. Big week. I feel like uh, it's it's week 12 for us. It's the Super Bowl in San Francisco. <laughs> well said. Look so, at you taking a shot. I like that. Yeah. I mean, so the Eagles yeah. will actually. If the, Eagles the Lombardi can, Trophy is up, is up for grabs. If the Eagles a, a make the Super Bowl, they'll, they'll, they'll know exactly what it's like facing a team that has played for the Super Bowl already because uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly that's the way right. the 49ers are approaching you. But Good it's, for you. it's the it's still the 24 hours after the win. So players always talk about the 24-hour rule and have had uh, more time than usual to dissect this game, no travel today, which is always great, you know, because you can you can dig into the game. I I got I got to bed at two a.m. last night, so had a decent amount of sleep. So had you think I, you beat Sirianni last night? Oh, Sirianni was was in sleep before that. Actually, I watched Mike's interview with uh, Mike Quick. I'm sorry, I watched Nick's interview with Mike Quick, and he slept in his office twice last week. Didn't make it home. Slept twice. Is slept in his office twice. I feel like that is a little bit unnecessary. I think uh, we we have talked right. about this over the years. So it's, a, it's a little bit, you know, look at me. But you yeah, know, but I, like Nick's on the phone doing calls and whatnot. So just just combine one of your calls with your rides. You know, knock it out. He he, he li- I, I I don't want to say where he, he. I know how far he lives from the facility. I think you could tell us how far he lives from the facility. Yeah, it's about twenty five minutes. Okay. okay. Uh, All right. So now we can draw a little <laughs> radius. To so, figure out where he, so, there are a certain amount of places. He yeah, can so he can knock that out on his well, on his way home. Uh, he can, he, you know, go into his kids' room, give them a kiss. It was tonight. a short week, you know. You can understand one sure. night. I, I get it, but you know, two two nights sleeping on the couch. You don't have to do that now, unless you're in the doghouse, or you're recovering from a cold, or you're that too. Mm, yeah, or, or you're staying at somebody else's place. You're couch surfing. Or you're couch surfing. Oh, okay. Should we think of other couch scenarios? No, I think we're good. Let's You've couch got that. Uh, too let's, many people in an Airbnb. Yeah, let's couch that discussion. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I, I... I appreciate the little glance for, of approval, looking for approval. Point being... Yeah, after making a joke, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm point being, had some time to think about this game, had some time to uh, watch some critical scenarios, had some time to obviously talk to Nick Sirianni, uh, it wasn't pushed back like an hour today. So I feel for a Monday show, we are in really good position. We have a lot to talk about. There's good information. By the way, I, I, I drove home, listened to a chunk of, of your show, listened to the other part this morning. You and Jamie did great last night. 
really well done. Okay, thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, the city of Philadelphia uh, schools were closed today, so I had the uh, I had the kids for most of the day. So I'm going to ask you to like carry a little bit more of the load today in terms of the actual analysis. I didn't get a chance to rewatch the game as many times as I would like. So what a backhanded shot that was. What do you mean? I would like to think that I I, I carry a good amount of the load most of the time. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying more okay. than usual because I didn't get to, to pull enough. my own weight. Uh, well, you always pull your weight. You're an outstanding. Well, not, not, apparently not. Apparently you're Mr. Analysis. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Okay. Well, uh, here's my question before we get to Sirianni. Yes. What do you make of uh, now like a couple weeks in a row? And you sort of understand it because this is three or four wins in a row where the Eagles have been outplayed for large portions of the game, outgained by over 100 yeah. yards. And yet um, the the losing team, sometimes the players, sometimes the fan base, seems to be a little bit um, focused on the injustices of, of the game itself. How do you feel about that? Meaning the Bills are focused on the officiating? Yes. And also shoving fans on the sideline. Well, the, the latter's inexcusable no matter what. Like, you can't... Come on. I thought that was outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan it, Phillips was like... Seems, he was a head case the entire game. It like, seemed relatively benign. That too. guy was looking for a fight from, from yeah, you know, like, Tush Push 1. Like, I'm not here to to um, be the attorney for Eagles fans. Um, you know, if, if you say stupid stuff... Stupid stuff could happen to you, but it didn't. It just seemed like normal, you know, taunting the other team. It, there's nothing. It, I, it it didn't seem egregious to me to to warrant like the Bills coming over. I mean, I have no idea them. what the person yeah. was saying, but it's still. I mean, yeah, you can't be shoving people. Yeah, um, I thought there was too much attention paid to the officiating. So do I. I I do think that there was. I, I do think there was a disparity in the first half, especially the Bills had what ten penalties in the first half. And there were calls that that I I didn't particularly uh, that I, I I thought favored the Eagles. I thought it was an Eagles um, Eagles tilted whistle, if you will. But if if I'm an objective Buffalo Bills fan or reporter today, I my takeaway from this game isn't the officiating isn't the official screwed us. My takeaway is. We outplayed the best team in football, and we couldn't close the deal. And there have been a number of occasions this year. The Denver game comes to mind because yep. that was on, on national TV. when The Jets in week one. Yeah, when Buffalo outplays their opponent, and they don't close the deal. And, like, I'm looking at What a these... great statement game it was for the Bills, some might say. Is that something someone said? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so my my big takeaway, if, if, if I'm Buffalo, is... Why aren't we winning these games that we put ourselves in position to win? Not like why did the officials? And what's your answer to that? Uh, it's, it's a fair question. Look, you gotta you you gotta make critical plays in critical junctures, right? There are you can go up and down the field, but there are certain plays that 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 swing a game, and and you need to respond accordingly. And they didn't respond. You know, they had a bad penalty against Denver yesterday. Gabe Davis turns the wrong way. Um, now I do think somebody made this point. Uh, the the Gabe Davis turns the wrong way thing. You also have to give credit to Sean, Sean Desai because they're, he he's calling zero. an all out blitz there. Yeah. Like that is the point of sending that blitz sure. is that you're not gonna you're gonna mess up the timing of the quarterback and the receiver. Yeah. There's there's a chance that something like that happens. I agree. I just think if if you're Buffalo, like you you got to make these 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 critical plays. You gotta. Um, you can't miss two field goals. You get one block, you miss a forty-eight yarder. I understand it's 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 bad conditions. Um, you got to get off the field on third and fifteen when on that on that touchdown OZ. I was reading, you know, Sean McDermott's comments after the game about not going for or, or about not going for it at the end of regulation. If I was a Bills fan, to me that yeah. is the thing that and I would not get over. And he wanted to use the timeout to make Jake Elliott think, and he thought he's like the time to win the game for us was that last drive, and we pushed him back to 59 yards. Why? Why can't you have multiple times to try to win the game? I thought that was ridiculous. I agree. Like, Josh Elliott, uh, I'm sorry, Josh Allen was outstanding. He was awesome. Yesterday. He was the best player on the field. Yeah, and that might have been the best quarterback performance I've seen this year, um, the way Josh Allen played. Now, I'm, I'm kind of tuned in only to Eagles games and national games, right? Um, but the, So, C.J. Stroud... I know he's had great games that I just haven't watched, 
But uh, the way Josh Allen played, like he he could not be stopped for a segment of that game. The run he had against Hassan Reddick, what like there's nothing Hassan Reddick could do there. Um, so the Bills, who literally were eliminated in the postseason a few years ago from the Chiefs going what like 50 yards in 12 seconds or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, even now, I, I I'm not big on like icing the kicker, especially a guy like Jake Elliott, like. I would hold my tight. If anything, I would hold my time out yeah. There. If anything, you're giving him more time to yeah. analyze like what the wind yeah. is like on the field. So I, I, I think that's like a, like a, like a, an, an antiquated thing. I don't see any data behind it suggesting that icing the kicker is like the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it if 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 you have if it's like no the last play yeah, of the exactly. game. And you've got a timeout that you can decide where the burn and you're like, maybe I'm going to call it, maybe I'm not. And maybe you're just, you don't do the same thing every time. But yeah, in a situation like that, when you've, you're going to get the ball back with like, what was it, 22 yeah. seconds left? And you would have two timeouts and you have Josh <laughs> Allen. Like, I think it's outrageous to take that out yeah. of his hand. Like Josh Allen could, could literally. And, his, and in his post-game press conference, he's talking about, well, well, you know, we're, we're a little bit afraid of their pass rush. Yeah. Like, I think the Eagles had two sacks yesterday. Yeah, like it's it's not that hard with two timeouts to get thirty yards and that, yeah. at least put yourself in position for an end of game field goal. You you just saw and the you Eagles might get a pass interference. Yeah, like, you yeah. just saw the Eagles hit fifty nine yarder. So so th- this is plus a, this is a six and five team. You know you're playing on the road. Like go go try to win the game. Yeah. So this is a, a long way of saying if I'm in Buffalo this morning and I'm complaining about the officials. I'm not seeing the forest through the cheek. Uh, for the, I'm not seeing the I forest totally through the trees. I totally agree. So I, uh, I didn't. And and I gave I, them gu- I gave them guff for making you do the pool report yesterday. I actually do think the the um, was it uh, the the was the it a horse collar or not? Like I do think that required an explanation. Yeah. Uh, and it was a, it was a big play in the game. And I sort of guess that like if you're getting a pool report anyway, you might as well get one on the the yeah. pass interference. But that pass interference did not deserve. Uh, any comment yeah. from the referee, but yeah, someone texted yeah. me today, like about the pass interference. Like, why'd you ask that? <laughs> I was like, I'm like just that. doing what they asked yeah, me to yeah. do. Uh, but I, I think that the the juxtaposition, if you will, between these two teams, like the Eagles, keep finding ways to win games, and I think that becomes a cliche. You know, fu- you know, this team knows how to win, except a we're seeing it week in, week out. And B, and you were onto this before I was, and you were absolutely right. They take on the personality of the quarterback. So I think what you're seeing from the way the Eagles are responding late in games, look, you can't rely on this. And I wrote this today. You know what's 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 better than coming back from double digit points is not getting down double digit points, right? Right. And not, you know, forcing yeah. Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick to play with 75 yeah. snaps again. But to that point, like Jalen Hurts has a certain aura about it. Like yeah, the, he's got a calmness, right? Yeah. yeah, and I think what we've seen is evidence that this team can find a way to come back because they have a quarterback who keeps his wits about him, who believes, like genuinely believes, not like believes for the cameras. Like, I don't... Let I, me tell you that I believe. Yeah, right. I don't confess that no Jalen Hurts well. I've covered him for... Four seasons now, three years in person. Um, I have a sense of like what he's going to say. But what I, I feel comfortable saying is this is not like an act. This is, I, I, I do think like Jalen genuinely believes that he is the guy who's going to win these games. Like he, it is an affront to him yeah. to suggest that you can't come back. It is an affront to him to suggest that. Like, oh, you're playing Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in back-to-back weeks. You're the inferior quarterback. Like, he genuinely believes he, he's, he's the least surprised person there. And, and we all saw that clip now of, like, when Jake Elliott kicks the field goal and he's not even celebrating. He's right. like, how do, we butcher, yeah. Yeah, how do we butcher the end-of-game situation there? Uh, that, that is who Jalen Hurts is. And I had a tweet out today then – I feel strongly about this because I was thinking about it. When you hear face of the franchise, it kind of, be, it, it's, it's cheapened almost to like a marketing term. Like, oh, you put them out there in your promotional material. Um, I think the way you've framed it is the better way. He's the personality of the franchise. Like they, the franchise gets 
its personality from him. They take on Jalen Hurts' personality to the point if they had a different quarterback, and I've seen this with Carson Wentz, by the way, and I've seen this with Nick Foles. If you have a the team tends to take on the personality of the quarterback, and that organization is Jalen Hurts' organization. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And we've talked about this last year. You know, I said the thing about he's like single-handedly turning me into an intangibles guy, yeah. right? Uh, because like this arc of improvement that he's had over the course of his career is is so preposterous. And there's a degree to which that is also sort of true about like he's turning me into a like maybe this team has some you know, uh, they can find a way to win to it, which I still am pretty skeptical of. Like, uh, they need to play better. This yeah. is not, I don't think that, like, winning these games is a, is a sustainable thing moving forward. But I also feel like if I was a, like, if you were an up-and-coming executive within the Eagles organization or, like, a, a coach on this team, I feel like there's, like, Jalen Hurts could ruin your career because he could make you mm -hmm. think that I can look for somebody yeah. who has these personality traits. And even if they're not quite Jalen Hurts, like that's going to help carry them to improve and everybody's going to come along with them. Like this is not the way that it usually sure. works. Um, and if you were like chasing, trying to find the next Jalen Hurts, it's like the, fra the, the framing that we talked about before, like Jalen Hurts just sort of happened to the Eagles to mm -hmm. some degree, as opposed to them developing him. Like, he is a self-made person, and I don't think that there are a lot of people out there like him. So I'm going to push back on that a bit. I do think Jalen Hurts happened to the Eagles in the sense that they did not envision Jalen Hurts being the face of the franchise, like, and, and we don't need to relitigate that. That they did not anticipate that. But and I know this from some, like some high-level conversations. They saw these qualities, like they they realized the passing needed work and all this stuff. But they saw these personality qualities and they were hell-bent on like not missing out on those qualities to the point that all the risk that carried with it. And I, and again, I, I know we're, we're, we're relitigating the pick. I was so focused on the risk. I was so focused on how could you do this to Carson Wentz? Like how, you know, what's this gonna mean to the team? And not the reward. And the reward being, if you have the chance to get a special person, don't miss that chance to get a special person. I don't think that that's unfair. I just mean from even just from like a, a talent development yeah. standpoint, like Jalen Hurts made himself this. It's Oh, yes. And I, I'm not, you know, not to like throw uh, Shane Steichen under the bus, but it's not like if Shane Steichen hadn't been here, Jalen Hurts wouldn't be no, this good anymore, right? Or if Brian Johnson hadn't been here, Jalen Hurts wouldn't be this good anymore. Like Jalen Hurts has made himself this good. Yes, and, and 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 just to add to that before we get in in into the next discussion, because you mentioned Shane Steichen, and I, I say this in like a respectful way, Jalen Hurts is going to make a lot of people a lot of money. He's going to make coaches money. He's going to make players money. He's going to make teams money. Like he's gonna make journalists money. I don't know if anyone's hiring me for Jalen Hurts in particular, but okay. um, I'll take it. Right? I mean, um, but but point being, like. There is going to be an, this industrial complex around Jalen Hurts because he 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 rises all tides. And if you're like a if you're a quarterbacks coach, you know if you're a quality control coach, I would try to get in on the Eagles because this is not going to end anytime soon. We'll see. We'll yeah. See. Uh, before we move forward and hear what Nick Sirianni had to say today. Um, I don't know this for certain, but it's possible that one of the other things that has helped Jalen Hurts get as good as he is, chocolate milk? I don't know. Maybe. Because we've got a new sponsor, the Pennsylvania Dairy Farmers and Team Chocolate Milk. We are talking local here, people. Just the Pennsylvania Dairy Farmers themselves. Professional and college athletes have known about the power of chocolate milk as a refuel and recovery beverage for a long time, chocolate milk provides high-quality protein for muscle repair, electrolytes for hydration, and calcium for strong bones. That's why studies consistently show that chocolate milk is an ideal sports recovery beverage. So whether you are recovering after a workout at the gym, a run-around boathouse row, a bike ride on the Schuylkill Trail as you are passed by a whirling Zach Berman down the line, or if you have just uh, defeated the Buffalo Bills, chocolate milk is an ideal post-workout beverage. What could be better 
than a scientifically proven recovery beverage made right here in Pennsylvania that also tastes great? Learn more about how chocolate milk can help you refuel and recover after your next workout by visiting teamchocolatemilk.com. Saturday morning before the Michigan-Ohio State game, uh, spent some, I, I spent some quality time with my son and daughter, and one of the stops on our way was Wheelhouse. We were there first. We were there before it opened. It opens at 11 a.m. We were waiting outside at 10.58. Wow, camping out. Wheelhouse is the go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because the love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Tops, Chrome, Baseball, and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports. I don't want to. I don't want to always put this on my son. I bought a sweatshirt there, nice uh, Spectrum sweatshirt uh, from Shy Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop to either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. Listen to this, Zach. Breaking news. A match made in heaven. Derek Barnett was claimed on waivers today by the handsome man himself, D'Amico Ryans in the Houston Texans. Good fit for him. Team that's uh, likely headed to the playoffs or certainly in, in, in playoff contention. Possibly. Uh, could, uh, could use uh, some pass rush. He could play more there. I, 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 I like that fit, and I wish, I wish Derek Barnett the best, and I would, uh, I would listen to what D'Amico Ryan says because D'Amico Ryans is an outstanding head coach. You might listen to what he says. I'll be watching what he's saying. Whew. He said that. All right, Zach. What did Nick Sirianni say when we spoke to him uh, about an hour ago? He said quite a bit. We, 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 okay, well, what, what popped to you? Give me the headlines. Break it down. What were the three most important things that he talked about? Uh, well, so first off, there's no update on Zach Cunningham's injury. Uh, Zach Cunningham, uh, Nick Sirianni says he's a tough guy. He's going he's gonna to do everything he can to play. One of the most physical players he's ever but, been around. Uh, one thing to monitor here is the Darius Leonard, uh, I should, I'm sorry, Shaq Leonard situation. Uh, Bo asked Nick Sirianni about Shaq Leonard today. I'll give some update here. Josina Anderson, uh, who, who, who does a fine job covering the league, um, it, it's been out there that Leonard's visiting, <clears throat> excuse me, Leonard's visiting the Cowboys this week. She said that the Eagles' interest in Leonard has uh, heated, has, has is, is it heated up? Has heated up since, yeah, well. uh, since uh, the Cunningham injury. Now, Bo asked Sirianni about their relationship. They they still have a strong relationship. Sirianni gave the anecdote of Leonard on defense. It's like Jim it's like Jim Beheim's two three zones. How do you get the ball? Into of course, the I smiled at that. Yeah. And uh, Nick Sirianni of of course from Western New York. Ooh, seen, what a what a one for one, Zach. Because he's talking all he's talking about is Darius Leonard's long arms. Zach Cunningham, they got the yeah. same arm length, 34 and 3 8 96 percentile. How about that? Yeah, so like for like. As as somebody who get has, Hakeem Warwick in here. As somebody who's seen a lot of Syracuse basketball games, a lot of 2-3 zone. Oof. Uh, what a slog. It is hard to get the ball into the passing lanes, though, that's for sure. You can hit threes against them for so, but but getting the ball in the passing lane. Um I did some work on on this last week. You know, I I I, I do know Sirianni. Dissecting the two three matchup zone, or no on on Leonard. I I do know Sirianni has some um, uh, has has great fondness for Leonard. Uh, certainly, there is a hole there for the Eagles. I don't know if the Kobe Dean's going to be back this season. Uh, Christian Ellis is the next linebacker up, but he's literally the only linebacker up. The Eagles talked about Ben Van Sumeren. He's not on the fifty three, and they've used all his. Elevation, so they would have to bring him to the fifty-three. Uh, so I, I think this is a possibility. But it does. So it doesn't sound like even if Cunningham is going to miss this game, the way that Sirianni was talking about yeah. it, it didn't sound like an IR possibility. Yeah, not like a season yeah. ender. Yeah, uh, even an IR thing or an right? IR yeah. thing. Yeah. So uh, certainly something that we will monitor here. If if it, the reported visit to Dallas was supposed to be Wednesday, I imagine this could be accelerated one way or the other. Because I thought it was. I thought it was odd. Just to get into the weeds here, it was. It was odd that they activated Quez Watkins for this game. 
Yeah. And committed to using that roster spot on him instead of waiting to see what injuries came out of this game in case you needed to elevate somebody. Well, I think they were going to have Quez back this week anyways. So. Yeah, but maybe. Right? So when they felt Quez was ready and I think they, they wanted a, a, another skill position player. Uh, so, so, so those are a few things that um, jumped out from, from the Leonard aspect of it. Uh, Sirianni gushing about the special teams said, can you believe they cut Britton Covey? And Britton Covey's the could be the best returner in the NFL. So uh, strong words for, for Britton Covey. Also, now I will say on that front, you know, they cut him twice. They, right? cut, him they twice. cut him at the beginning of last year and mm-hmm. at the beginning of this the beginning of this year. The cut at the beginning of this year, especially, they knew what they were doing. Like he wasn't good. Like that, that's Howie Roseman making an educated bet yeah. that he's not going to get claimed. We're going to keep this guy. Because remember, he was injured during the summer. Sure. Like they wanted to keep Britton Covey around. That was like the the roster mechanics of it. You know, we could debate about whether Mario Goodrich should have made the team over him instead. Yeah, like, they once wanted to keep Casey Tuhill around too. Well, exactly right. Like yeah. sometimes you make those educated bets and they're wrong. But I think more often than not, Howie Roseman does mm-hmm. have a good sense of what the league is going to value, and and he does a good job maximizing the bottom of the roster. Yeah, but but they did cut him twice, and Covey has been awesome. He's been tough. He's made good decisions. He's been value added to the Eagles, and I think he's he's going to be a big part of this team for the next few years because I expect him to maintain that role. Um, if he not is, literally, not li- is that a, a size joke? Yeah, I had to, I had to, oh, I had okay, to go for yeah, it. Low hanging yeah. fruit. Yeah. Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now Covey is, I can tell you, like really respected in that locker room. One of those thou guys, shalt not Covey thy neighbor's wife. Um, okay. Uh, let's keep the main thing, the main thing, which by the way, does not come from Jalen Hurts. It comes from who? Dwight Schrute. No, Stephen Covey. Well, there you go. Grandfather and shout out to EJ Smith. He, he wrote that story. Uh, he wrote that book. No, he can write that. He didn't write that book. I mean, (laughs) EJ's really good, but come on. That, that, that book is shots fired at EJ. Poor guy. That book's like an, an international bestseller. I mean, I mean, I'm not putting that past EJ. I'm not putting a ceiling on him. I'm not putting a ceiling on him, but EJ Sounds hasn't like written are. an international bestseller yet. EJ, yeah. if you're watching, if you're watching, uh, I think Stephen Covey is something to shoot for. Then I, I guess because uh, Stephen Covey, you can learn a lot from him, including keep the main thing the main thing. Um, so, I'd rather read an EJ Smith article any day of the week than that than, than, than that book. It's not mutually exclusive. Uh, so at the top of the uh, press conference, the question came up about Frank Reich. And I, I know we're, we're, we're going to get into that. Sirianni says he hasn't thought about adding Frank Reich to the staff yet. Uh, they literally just finished with their review of the Bills game. I, I mean, How many turkeys would you put on Frank Reich being uh, an unofficial or official part of the staff at some point down the stretch here? 35. Okay. I, mean, I saw he gave a he yeah. gave one interview that said like this is this is probably the end of my road in in football. Yeah, the Charlotte like Observer, yeah. right? Um, which may, may or may not be true. Yeah. I've, I feel like that's usually not the case for football lifers, but I think that Sirianni would love to have him yeah. if he could. It could be one of these things consulting from afar, right? Now, right. I say this: um, I'm not one of these people who who says like, "Oh, the best situation to be is a fired coach." You get to just sit there and collect your paycheck. You want to work till the day you die. Famously. Yeah, like if you if you love what you do, you want to do what you do. You don't just want to collect that paycheck twice a month. You want to do what you do. Uh, that said, when you've been fired twice in a year now, right? You're 63 years old. Um, you don't need to jump back into like a, 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 a consultant situation. You can, you know, you can send Sirianni some texts and emails from afar. Right. Um, like, you don't need to be coming in the building every day. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Uh, so that that's the part I, I I don't know, but I I imagine Sirianni and Frank Reich are going to be having uh, some some. some I do sort of wonder here. like how how Sirianni takes that from like a uh, like self analysis standpoint, right? Like he has so much reverence for Frank Reich, we know that, right? And to to have seen him now, you know, fail back to back times and get fired in back to back years. 
Is it like, is he just thankful that he is under like Jeffrey Lurie's ownership and is in this well-run organization? Is it like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm better than, than Frank. Well, so like, you know, I wonder yeah. like what's going on in his mind about that. So I'm going to give you a little spin zone here. Okay. Okay. Uh, there was, there was like so much. Frank walks so I could fly. No, like, there was so much conversation in Philly. Like was Frank Reich really the secret to the Super Bowl success? Doug Peterson's doing just fine right now in Jacksonville. Yeah, good point. Okay. Like, maybe Nick Sirianni was the secret to Frank Reich's success. Oh, wow. Um, How about that? Yeah, because I've spoken to a lot of people Interesting. in that Indianapolis building uh, who have said— This is good spin zone. This is good PRing. Who have said, like, uh, Nick was really valuable to, to what they did in those, you know, in those first few years with Frank. That, and it was, it was mainly when Nick was hired, and then after that press conference, like— don't judge him on this. This guy is a stud. Like what what this guy did for this team, uh, it was was real. And I kept hearing that over and over and again. And when Frank Reich became the coach there, you 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 got to remember he inherited uh, Josh McDaniels' defensive staff like Eberflus and Jonathan Gannon. But Boward let him like hire one. You know the first guy he hired, the absolute first guy he hired was Nick Sirianni. And are you sure that it wasn't Jonathan Gannon's suggestion that he hire Nick Sirianni? <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't Jonathan <laughs> Gannon's suggestion. Um, they didn't know each other at the time. Uh, but in hindsight, maybe he said, I, I, I could tell that guy was a stud. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, so, so my spin zone here, and this isn't, this isn't to say Frank Reich's not a good coach, but maybe, just maybe, the, the, the straw that stirred the drink in Indianapolis the whole time was Nick Sirianni. Because... What Nick Sirianni's doing as a head coach is outstanding. And what Nick Sirianni, like Nick Sirianni's record um, as a head coach with Indianapolis, Indianapolis went downhill when Nick Sirianni left. Now, I understand they brought Carson Wentz in, and there was a, like, it's, you know, I, I, I don't want to. As with everything, there are many, yeah, many exactly. factors. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to conflate, you know, a correlation with causation um, or causation with correlation. But. I do think that Sirianni deserves more credit in this than he probably gets. I have, I have two things mm -hmm. uh, to talk about here. One is that I, I totally agree that, we, you know, we talked about it in the postgame show last night. Jamie brought it up that, like, why doesn't Nick Sirianni get more pop for a coach of the year? I don't think he gets enough credit for the way that this organization has performed over the past few years. I tweeted about it earlier. Like, <laughs> only four teams in the NFL have outperformed their preseason over under uh, expectation each of the past two years. One of them is the Steelers who, who have like squeaked over both years. One of them is the Bengals who are like right there with the Eagles, but they are not going to do it this year. Obviously the Burrow um, injury has a lot to do with that. The other is the Cowboys respect to the Cowboys. They have not outperformed it as much as the Eagles and both the Eagles and Cowboys look like they're going to do it again, but he is consistently outperforming what the Vegas expectations are for them. Um, it's hard to parse it out because like this roster is so loaded. It feels like this is more of a Howie Roseman production or a Jalen Hurts production for the reasons that we talked about at the top of the show about Jalen Hurts. But yes, I think, I think Nick Sirianni does not get enough credit for um, the reasons and why this team is so good. The other part I want to talk about here is Nick Sirianni talked about it on his press conference today. You know, they have struggled a little bit offensively. Look at the size of that mug. Oh my God. Can we? Can, can I be discreet? Can, can you bring it back up? I'm trying to be discreet here, Bo. You cannot say, "Can I be discreet?" When you pull out the Hoover Dam in your hands, I Look literally at, lift waited, that thing up. I literally waited for Julia, our outstanding producer. Julia does awesome um, to, to have the the this, this solo shot of you. And once the solo shot of you was there, I went down. I grabbed my water bottle. Look at the size of that thing. I mean, I'm trying to drink my 100 ounces. Oh, my God. How many ounces of water do you drink a day? Uh, not that. Oh, my God. Well, you, the you, size of that thing. You have to drink more water, Bo. Zach, we, we are not. We are, you know, we got a good show going on right okay. now. We're having substantive conversations. Yes. We're not going to relitigate the pseudoscience and fakery of big water. Okay. <laughs> I agree. Let's not relitigate Water that. is fine. I'm happy to be on the right side of history on that one. Okay, you, Tom Brady, and Sam Bankman-Fried can all count your, count your money together. All right. I don't even understand that reference. It's all fake. It's, just, it's not a real thing. There is no science behind it. 
It's not true. <laughs> Dr. Wolf over here. I'm, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm a, uh, a discerning citizen. Okay. Sirianni <laughs> talked about the, the uh, first half struggles they've had on offense. They have been better in the second halves on offense, you know, most of, this, most of the season. So much focus on Brian Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it seems like the Nick Sirianni influence in the offense and the play calling and the play design, the stuff that they're doing during the week, that's the stuff that's coming out in the first half, right? So if I'm, if I'm guessing, and this is pure conjecture, like what's more Sirianni, what's more Brian Johnson, I would guess that like the in-game changes to what, what's happening on the field are more Brian Johnson than Nick Sirianni. And the first, you know, five drives or so are much more what was baked into the game plan from the beginning. Is that fair? Do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and I'm, I'm not into like saying this is Nick or this is Brian, but, and we'll never know. It's impossible yeah. to say but and it's all, it's all, you know, varying degrees, but I think it's very important to identify why this keeps happening. And, uh, when I ask about it, I keep getting this like trite answer. Well, we, we go back to what works. We go back to, you know, we go back to the basics and, uh, <laughs> it brings to mind Doug Peterson on Thursday nights where, right. you know, he's like, his, his wife says you can put a game plan together in two days. Why did you, you know, why can't you do it in a week? Uh, I, I look at this like, it seems they're so over, silly they, yesterday. They're overthinking themselves. And I keep going back to that yes. drive in the first half where they had four plays and two went to Gainwell and two went to Boston Scott. And it's like, just throw the ball to Devontae Smith. I, I saw Jeff McLean had a stat today that Devontae Smith uh, is catching 90% of his pass attempts since the Jets game. Okay. Or, or I'm sorry, 90% of his targets since, since the Jets game. And, and like that's, that's confirming what we're seeing. When you throw the ball to these guys, good things happen. When you throw the ball to AJ and Devontae, good things happen. I, I, there's this idea of trying to, trying to uh, mix well, this and mix that. Your boy Julio Jones was the difference yesterday, it seemed like. He really turned the tide. Yeah, I didn't understand that third and 14 <laughs> screen to him. Some of this stuff is, I I get what we see as a screen. There can be like an RPO there, right? And that's what your read is. But to me, it's it's like the Madden test sometimes, you know? Uh, I, I, I don't mean to simplify it. Like that touchdown run at the end of the game was great game planning, great play design, great execution. And and uh, Nick is always really good in in like analyzing specific plays like that. He yes. gave a very good detailed answer on all the different parts of why that play worked yes. and, and and you know fooled the Bills defense. But if you're in a th- if you're in a third and 14 and you want to get a first down or at least a fourth and manageable, don't throw a screen pass to Julio Jones. Throw the ball to AJ Brown or, or Devontae Smith. Like just take your chances that these guys are going to make a play. And I understand there's bracket coverage, and I understand that there's different, but, but when you get the ball to your best players, good things tend to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, when things are working, they mm-hmm. look simple. But in the second half, it did feel like, okay, let's make sure we get the balls to our best players. Yes. And, you know, if Lane Johnson is out and Cam Jurgens is not having his best game, maybe let's run to the left side. And, they, you know, they had that long drive, that long touchdown drive, which was like, five DeAndre Swift runs to the left yeah. side. Let's run behind Mylotta and Dickerson in this game. And it was like, great. Why did it take exactly. so long? Like, I don't know. Um, I am, I am with you there. And I think it's, it's something that all, all coaches kind of, uh, fault themselves into is, is, uh, just, just get the ball to your best players. And if you're going to go down, like go down with a past AJ Brown or go down with a past Devontae Smith. Yeah, I think that's right. All right. Well, if you want to uh, check out the team in action on Sunday in the San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl, you can look for tickets on Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. 
Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It is 4.40 p.m. right now here on the East Coast. I got 4.39, but... Okay, 4.39 p.m. here on the East Coast. Uh, There's only a few hours left in this outstanding Black Friday, Cyber Monday deal that, that we have going on. 25% 25% off the entire PHLY locker. You see this hoodie I'm wearing now? Now, we have this great graphic on, on, on the screen. When the graphic's off the screen, you'll see that I'm wearing this hoodie that I got myself at PHLY locker. Uh, and there's so many other great items there. There's even some new that. designs that you can find. It's 25%. Here, here, here. Look at these. Uh, new releases that are Eagles related or Philly football related. You got Fletcher Cox on that shirt. You can, you can get these for 25% off. And not just that, if you buy multiple, therefore you're spending $75 or more, you receive a $15 gift card. So that next new drop we get, just apply that gift card to that new drop. This is from November 24th to November 27th. It's November 27th right now. So there's only a few, uh, there's only a few hours left. Make sure you get your merch. I got mine again, and got I, I got some for my wife, and I'll continue Ooh, to be scanning flex. the store. PHLY Locker. All right, Zach. Uh, let's talk some some leftovers from yesterday. Things that uh, upon rewatching the game popped to you. What were uh, who are some of the people who you think we need to give credit to, or maybe didn't discuss enough? Well, DeAndre Swift. First off, uh, DeAndre Swift is not just like a fun scat back who, you know, you find ways to get him the ball in space. He's a good local store. No, DeAndre Swift is a legitimate starting running back making big-time plays for the Eagles. Every time they seem to need, like, a jolt, DeAndre Swift comes through with a chunk play. The way they're, they're using him in, uh, in, in motion is getting defense's attention. DeAndre Swift early in the season was like, all right, the offensive, you know, he's finally in this Eagles offense. You're, you're seeing what he can do here. This offensive line, uh, great acquisition by Howie Roseman. DeAndre Swift does everything you want a running back to do. He gets tough yards for you. Okay. He's been durable for the Eagles. He catches the ball. Um, I'm been so impressed with DeAndre Swift. And I thought yesterday was, was one of his more like workman like games He's getting these yards in chunks. This is exactly, he's, it's, I don't mean to take a shot at Miles Sanders, but you see what's going on in Carolina right now, where Miles Sanders basically lost his job to Hubbard. And DeAndre Swift is just a better player than Miles Sanders. I've been so impressed with him. He has been a catalyst for them uh, in the past few weeks. Like it, it does feel like when he gets involved, when he's able to get in space, that has sort of helped uh, turn the tide on the offense. Not, I think there were a couple of runs yesterday where, where he tried to do a little too much and, and lost yards. Um, if we're having the like 10,000 foot view running back conversation, mm-hmm. I think you could say that part of the reason Miles Sanders has lost his job in Carolina is because he was used so much last year yeah. by the Eagles, right? And that's probably the way they're going to go again with DeAndre Swift. Like, I don't think that he is necessarily coming back this <laughs> next year, but I, I agree that he has been. He is a better player than Miles Sanders was last year. He he can do more. He is he's usually a little bit more decisive, and I think he's more dynamic in the open field. He's been he's been fantastic. Next guy I, I want to discuss Jordan Davis, man. Jordan Davis, who the Eagles were so undermanned at at defensive line yesterday on the defensive line yesterday, they had to play these guys a lot of snaps. Jordan Davis played sixty two snaps, sixty five percent of the game in overtime. He had a really meaningful play, an, chasing it's, it's down, great play. chasing down Josh Allen. Like you saw the the way he was moving for a guy who's three hundred and fifty pounds. And I want to point this out because not just was he productive, but there's been a lot of talk 
about getting them into shape, getting him into, into the proper weight. Nick Sirianni referenced that today. Jordan Davis is doing everything behind the scenes this year that they could want him to do. And I thought that moment yesterday, it's, it's not one of those, uh, like, he stuffed the middle of the line and this is, this is the dominant player he was at Georgia. This is like sheer want to. This is the, the intangible characteristics. This is, this is when you say, like, he, he has these tools, but what does he, does he love the game? Does he, him chasing Josh Allen, huffing and puffing, in overtime on like his 63rd play of the game, forcing Josh Allen uh, not to turn the corner there. Um, it's a play that doesn't show up as like a major, you know, a TFL on the stat sheet or anything like that, but it was huge for the production of the game or, or for the result of the game. Yeah, I think it was a very impressive performance from him. And, and you heard Sirianni talk about it today saying, you know, we've been on him about his conditioning yep. and he's been on himself too, but like, that is a, it has long been a conversation with Jordan Davis. And even if he was not like, you know, the world's most impactful pass rusher yesterday, he was a huge part of the game. You know, they did hold James Cook to like 2.7 yards a carry. Um, and for him to be, you know, able to give it his all in overtime after playing so many snaps, I think absolutely that, that speaks to, to, you know, his, his pushing himself. The next guy I want to bring up, Jalen Carter. And I know you guys had a, a real good conversation on the post-game show last night. I can tell you exactly where I was driving when I was listening to it. Um, Jalen Carter, all around yesterday, was was just a monster when I went back and and watched the film. I thought the... And, and I only watched the, t- the, the TV copy, but still, you could see it. He was penetrating. He was disruptive. He was commanding attention. The blocked field goal, uh, or deflected field goal, however you want to frame it, had a huge impact on the game, and I know this is a, uh, or at least from the way I I, I view it, because I'm obsessed with like roster construction. This is a week when Jalen Carter's in in the spotlight because they're playing against Javon Hargrave, and Javon Hargrave was really good last year, is really good this year for San Francisco. I don't think it's hyperbole to have the the conversation that not even just long term this year, the Eagles are better with Jalen Carter than they would have been with Javon Hargrave because he is so good against the run. And he, he, like the double teams that he commands, he's not taking advantage of other people's double teams. He is commanding double teams. Um, he, he might simply be a better player than Hargrave, and Hargrave has been awesome. I don't think that that's, I, I mean, I, I think we've sort of said that for a while now. I yeah. think that is, I think that is but true. But I've been reluctant to go there, and I'm, I'm going there now. Yeah, I think that's true. Now, I think the connective thread here between DeAndre Swift, who you're talking about, and Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, and we can get to it, but the snap counts for Josh Schwett mm-hmm. playing 81 snaps, Hassan Reddick playing 83 snaps. You know, you said DeAndre Swift has been durable. This is now like as many touches as he's ever had in a season, and this is this is through week 12. If if I am concerned about something with the Eagles beyond like the level of their play heading into this this important stretch. They've got guys who are playing too many snaps. Yeah. I mean, Nolan Smith played 11 snaps yesterday. Moro Ojima was up, and he played one snap, even though Fletcher Cox was out for most of this game. I think it is a real concern. Now, if you go out and get these next two wins, you can probably, like, you can basically rest guys the last three weeks, right? You know, those guys can play 50% of the snaps and take week 18 off, and then they're going to get a bye week. Like, there is the potential of rest at the end of the tunnel, but they're pushing it a little bit and like a little bit beyond my comfort level with, with some of these guys. I hear you there. The pushback I would give you is this team does not practice much during the week. Um, and you know, they, they have walkthroughs on Wednesdays. Fridays are a light session. Uh, Thursdays are really the only day that, that, that they're going with like intensity, you know, intensity in terms of their legs. So, excuse me. I imagine that is factored into this as well. Yeah, I just I'm a, like I'm a little bit worried about it, and okay. I, and there are there are some other it's spots. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's a little bit on my radar. Uh, then the, the next guy I, I wanted to bring up, James Bradbury, uh, was all over the place yesterday, and he's been down this year. He hasn't been as consistent as he was a year ago. 
Uh, but I thought that yesterday was what I call a film room game because he was like, he knew what the Bills were doing. And this is the benefit of having a 30 year old cornerback is the savvy with which he played, uh, the pass breakups that he had. I, th I thought a lot of it was just being at the right place. You're sacrificing foot speed with Bradbury. You know that going into it. But I, I just thought he was so seldom out of position. Um, the interception, he read that right away. And we can debate this offseason whether that was a good contract for the Eagles. Um, I don't know if that was their plan going into the offseason. I think it kind of fell into their laps when the, when the, when the money wasn't what Bradbury might have been looking for elsewhere. And there's probably a reason why the money wasn't what Bradbury was looking for elsewhere. And there were times this year where I said, yeah, this isn't looking too good. Um, or this looked better last year. But I was really impressed with the game Bradbury played yesterday. Yeah, I thought it was his best game of the season by a long shot. And I thought the interception was was yeah. really, really impressive. Um, that was a great play. And then, you know, the, the play he made to punch the ball out of Stefan Diggs going down to catch it low, uh, where it looked like maybe it was a drop, but he just got in there. Like that was a great play. I thought he was. I thought he was really good yesterday. And then the the last guy I, I want to shout out, and we, and we referenced this, Devontae Smith is so good, um, and he's so good in ways that, like when when AJ Brown's so good, he's so good in loud ways, right? Yes. AJ Brown, you're just like, there aren't people on this earth who are like that. Um, Devontae Smith. It's it's just a technician. It's the way he gets open. It's the way he holds onto the ball through he contact. Manipulates his body, exactly. manipulates space. Yeah. Um he is uh he's everything they could have wanted. Uh and he is he's on he's been on a heater during these past few weeks. Over hundred yards yesterday. He had those two games recently where he's at ninety nine. And this is one of those things when we pick our head up at the end of the year. I, I think I, I said that at the bye week when we were doing the stock stuff. Uh, when you pick your head up at the end of the year, his numbers are going to be what the, what we thought they were going to be um, because he's just yeah, we, so we, consistent. We agreed he was the the easy yep. answer for who was going to have a better second half than than first half. Yep. Yeah, and he's 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 proving that true. He's been he's been fantastic. All right, before we get to the rest of the show, let's talk Foco because Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It is football and tailgating season, and it's buy your gifts for the holidays season, and they've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. So get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. Zach, would you like to um, quickly review how Goose Wisely turned out yesterday? Let's do it. You had Gabe Davis has a catch of 15-plus yards. You hit that. Bang. Bang on the nose. I had Julio Jones gets more touches than Boston Scott didn't happen. That was your choice. One nothing you. I use my golden egg. On Josh Allen has more total yards than Jalen Hurts. That definitely happened. Two points for me. You had Jalen Hurts has more yards per carry than Josh Allen. Did not happen. Two to one me. You chose Jalen Carter out sacks Ed Oliver. Did not happen. Which left me with AJ Epinesa out sacks Brandon Graham. Did not happen. I chose the Eagles register four plus sacks. Did not happen. Which left you with the Bills register four plus sacks. Did not happen. You chose Jalen Hurts scores a non-sneak rushing touchdown. You nailed that on the walk-off. You tied up 2-2, which left me with Josh Allen either runs through or jumps over an Eagles defender. I would love to, uh, you know, play some chicanery here and and say that uh, like that he did break some tackles. There was the one where he he sort of bypasses Reed Blankenship in the open field, but by the letter of the law, by what I was proposing, I don't think this happened. So I will uh, play it straight there. Still 2-2. Two -two. You chose, I don't know, I guess I chose Dev uh, DeAndre Swift gets 113 plus yards from scrimmage, which would have brought him to 1,000. Didn't quite happen, yeah. which left you with Devontae Smith has in the 93 to 99 range mm. in receiving yards. He topped that, so that did not happen. It stays 2-2. Two -two. You chose and used your golden egg 
on Bill Belichick and the Buffalo Bills have the same result on Sunday. The Bill-Bill double, both close games, you got it. So a big two-pointer for you, which left me with there is a catch or non-catch overturned upon review. Did not happen. That clinches things for you. And then it closes out with you or I chose the total points in the Bills-Eagles game is fewer than the total points in Ohio State-Michigan, which gives you the point because uh, overtime pushed it over the edge. So you take the win. 5-2. That's hell to the victors. So much for That's hell to the victors. objective journalism. Uh, I didn't cover Michigan-Ohio You've made it 6-4, so good job by you. Congratulations. Thank you. I would like to thank the Academy. Compliments to the chef. <laughs> Compliments to the chef. Yes. Khalif, thank God. Great job, ZB. Appreciate it, Khalif. And appreciate your, your loyal viewership. Really do. All right. What else, uh, what else is on your mind from yesterday, Zach? What, what else would you like to discuss? Well, we're going to have a full week here, man, um, because this is, this is a huge week for the Eagles. I, I, I know there's interest in Fletcher Cox. In, in Fletcher Cox's well, status. so you said uh, no word on Cunningham, but we also, you know, Lane Johnson, the national reports seem to be day-to-day good chance he plays this week we we don't really have haven't really heard anything on Fletch yet and then the other one is that Dallas Goddard there's some reporting that he could be able to play this this Sunday yeah I think I I think that actually got brought up on the PHL I think it did a couple weeks ago but I think someone said maybe that San Francisco game is is uh, a possibility Hmm, someone sniffs and someone's sniffing around I think well, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Lane Johnson thing, I, I had a piece up yesterday and I talked about it. Uh, my understanding was that uh, the MRI showed inflammation and, you know, he's, he's, he's sore. And I, I, I talked about the word in the locker room was that uh, he kind of got held back because they want this to be a, a long-term thing. My guess is he'll, my guess is he'll play. But again, it's it's soon. I, I know there was a lot of ha- a, a lot of satisfaction or appreciation with the way Jack Driscoll played, but this Niners front is really tough. Uh, so that's going to be a big story to monitor. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. you've already buried uh, Javon Hargrave dead and gone. So well, no, I just I I'm reading some. You know, as I started my my week here, I see some of this uh, this rhetoric out of San Francisco. I mean, not to take like, come on, it's it's. It's a game in December here. Let's not act like it is. It is wild. Let's not act like this is relitigating the Super Bowl or the on the, the NFC Championship last year. It is wild how like how on tilt they are about yeah. this entire matchup. Like, yeah, there was it's like a, there was a story from a few weeks ago how they already have their eyes set on on the Eagles game. It's like it's so childish. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, yeah. be a grown up. Yeah. Um, my goodness, I I, I I do feel like this is their Super Bowl this week. But what do you make of them being favorites? They've been playing better this year, uh, or at least in recent weeks, but that really surprised me. The Eagles are the home team, um, but my guess is if the Eagles were favorites, the money would have gone to San Francisco's side, and and Vegas is protecting themselves against that because the Niners have played better. Like, if if you just do the – if you just look at the data uh, – I mean, whether it's DVOA, whether you know, you know whatever stats you want to look at, um, San Fran it has has been better in recent weeks. But and you don't put a point spread together based on intent, you know, based on like the Eagles find a way to win, right? Uh, that said, the Eagles are at home. I don't think this game is gonna carry the same like. Um, significance to the Eagles that I think the Eagles would love to shut up the Niners, but I don't think the Eagles are, are like viewing this as their season. I saw Hassan Reddick said something in the locker room about it. Basically yeah. like, you know, they, they've been doing a lot of talking, but now we get a chance to line up. Yeah. We'll see what they're really made of. Yeah. Um, now if I'm, if I'm Nick Sirianni, like, like, like the, the message I would say is that the Super Bowl is played in February in Vegas. It's not played in December in Philadelphia. Right. So, so you like, this is, this game counts the same as, the Bills game, it'll count the you know. I was gonna say it's it counts now, the same it's as now the Cowboys two and a half for the for the Niners. Yeah. Um, so I, I was surprised to see that number, but I understand it when you look at the the way the Niners are playing right now. Like they are, they're. I think the Niners and the, and the Ravens are probably playing the best in the NFL. 
but the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. The Eagles have have 10 wins, and it's not just 10 wins. I, I said this on the show. I can't emphasize it enough. In these 10 wins, they've beaten yes. the Chiefs, the, 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 the Cowboys, the Bills, the Dolphins. Like, this is not inflated by the Giants twice and the Commanders. and it, like they're, they're facing everyone on their schedule. And it's, it's kind of like laughable to me that the only team that's beaten them is Zach Wilson and the Jets. Yeah. As if like, uh, you know, there's like Gallo humor. There's, there's Gallo's humor associated with that. There's, that's true. Crazy game. Crazy stuff happens. I guess we'll see what happens on Sunday. We will be here all week to continue previewing this game back tomorrow, thinking probably two-ish, but we will uh, get that to you on our Twitters. Then on Thursday and Friday, all ahead of Sunday's action when we will have a kickoff show and a post-game show, a big game coming up, lots to talk about. We will delve into it more uh, the rest of the week. Brian Baldinger joining us tomorrow. Hope to get Fletcher Cox at some point this week as well when he's not in treatment. So uh, lots, to, lots to look forward to. So... Uh, for Zach, who had the really important uh, trenchant advice before the show started today, he wants everybody out there to make sure that you are cleaning your pipes. So make sure you're doing that. Uh, for all of us here at PHLY, for Zach and Julia, we thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. 